0: say that yeah
1: um so what did your parents think about all this did they know that you're in court or were you guys
0: yeah well obviously they never knew i was you know living a fast life or yeah i
1: didn't know i was welcome to the learn the hustle podcast where i talk to people about their everyday hustle
0: every day i'm every day i'm every day i'm hustling
1: introduce yourself sure your name where you're from what you do and yeah, we'll go from there.
0: Sure. For everyone out there, my name is Reef Abubakar. I am a fitness professional residing in Melbourne, Australia. Originally of Ethiopian background, been here in Australia most of my life. And have made fitness and, uh, you know, physique and bodybuilding my career and passion. Um, and that's, that's what, what I'm all about.
1: So you're born in Ethiopia?
0: Uh, that's correct, yeah, so born in Ethiopia, um, came to Australia uh, as refugees, um, came here just before I turned three, currently 34, so yeah, been here many years, many years.
1: So you've been here nearly 30 years, over 30 over years? Over
0: 30 years, yeah, so yeah, so you're 31 like, years.
1: you like a, a fully Aussie bro?
0: Pretty much, man, fully pretty sick, much. bro? Yeah, <laughs> you could say that.
1: Aussie, 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 but that's you don't drink I mean. beers, eh, VVs?
0: I did when I was younger, yeah. not, not now though, No, all that's uh, left in the past.
1: Yeah, is it because of the fitness or?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, I've never really enjoyed drinking um, beers. I know it's a big part of Aussie culture and I've had my fair share of them. Mm-hmm. Um, when I did drink, I, I did prefer spirits over, over beer. But um, yeah, definitely once you hit the fitness, once you get healthy, it's something that you... Just so not attractive. Out. Yeah, not attractive anymore. And um, if you do do it, you probably do it, you know, once in a while, once yeah. a blue moon, as occasionally sort of thing.
1: Nah, yeah, for sure. That's 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 definitely how things should be. So, born in Africa, being came here at three years old with your parents, or what's the that's girl?
0: correct. Yeah, so I came with both my parents, my mum and my dad, and my younger brother.
1: Okay, so you have two kids in your family, you and your brother, and that's it.
0: Well, yeah, pretty much. So, um. What happened was not long after they came, they split up, they divorced, my dad remarried mm-hmm. and um, he had um, another son as well. Mm-hmm. So there was three kids all up. Um, unfortunately, he passed away when he was 18. Oh man, sorry to hear about that, man. It's okay, it happens, all part of life. But yeah. um, it's just me and my younger brother um, that are here uh, with my mum and my mm-hmm. dad's in Perth currently.
1: Oh, okay. So, okay, man, that's, that's crazy, man. So um, so you you came here at three, and then your your parents had a divorce. And how old were you when that happened?
0: So I was I was fairly young, you know. I was I was probably in um, you know in my early days of primary school. So yeah. I would have been you know around about seven years old when that sort of happened, you know. Was that hard? Well, at that time I was really young, you know, so I didn't sort of i knew what was going on but it didn't impact me so much you know mm-hmm. i just thought it was still normal i still had my mom in my life had my dad there we still seen them you know it just seemed like um you know little changes like my mom moved out she got her own place and i'd stay with her on the weekends i'd stay with my dad um in fitzroy where we lived at the time you know because mm-hmm. our school was there and everything so just yeah. kept it like that and she came every night every day she cooked clean so in that sense it wasn't much of a difference
1: Oh, yeah. so your parents definitely made an effort to make sure that like the this situation wasn't that compromised and uh, you guys got the support that you needed to grow up
0: of course definitely 100 percent. they they really went through the hard yards of you know coming to this country in the first place and they wanted a better life for us and they gave us the best opportunity that they that they could give us you know so they mm-hmm. made sure they took care of us got got us our education our schooling and all that unfortunately me and my brother you know growing up in this country didn't always make the best decisions yeah the
1: temptation um, of the west exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the way to put it yeah, yeah um, so we
0: can fall into those temptations yeah definitely you know but they're they're all um you know life life learning experiences that we all should go through at one stage or another yeah um you know and i've come up a better man because of it
1: yeah well um no that that definitely makes a lot of sense so, um, what kind of a kid were you growing up?
0: So, I, w- I was always a very quiet kid, kept to myself. Um, but I loved sports. I love I love playing footy. Love playing basketball, and my parents encouraged that. You know, they got me into the local basketball team, and um, did that. Did all my inter school sports and all that. So, I was a very active kid. Um, obviously, being of Ethiopian background, I was never a big kid. I was always more on the skinny side. Yeah. Um, But, um, yeah, as I get older, you know, you kind of rebel a bit. You know, you grow up. um,
1: What what do you mean by rebel? Like, you're like, yo, I'm 18. I'm going to run my life. Don't tell me what to do. Of course. There's always that. (laughs) You know, there's the terrible
0: teens, you know, I feel like every teenager goes through that where they do rebel and go against what their parents say. Yeah. Um, In my case, for being my brother, we sort of grew up um in in the housing estates as most refugees that come to this country do so you yeah. grew up in you know the Fitzroy flats the Carlton flats yeah um North Carlton flats and then you know just moving around to different um um housing estates in in Melbourne mm-hmm. so in these housing estates being of um poor background you know there's not always the best positive influences or it's a lot of negative influences so you see is
1: that is that because of um because i've been i've never actually lived in a housing estate but i've been there a couple of times yep. is it just because the environment um just like it's pretty grimy and pretty ghetto There's
0: yeah it's a big part influence, of
1: influence alcohol and 100 percent. you see junkies everywhere and
0: that's pretty much spot on you know so i feel a lot of the issues um that do arise obviously is from poverty Mm-hmm. and with poverty you know comes a lot of abuse within families and also drug abuse so you do see a lot of um, junkies growing up and a lot of people do become victim of that yeah um you know i've it myself many times when i was a youth as well that's led me to the wrong path in life as well
1: okay so just to like that's an interesting perspective because i remember where i grew up in africa and um you know my parents they, they worked hard to make sure that we had a good life in Africa but when we came here um, I feel like you know I mean it's still a bit of a struggle but if you're in that environment is it still better than Africa?
0: Well I can't really comment on that 100% because I never grew up in Africa you know I, I knew a lot of people that obviously grew up in the housing estates and you know came from Africa in their you know late or early teens and had more experience in that sense and i always got mixed reviews and you know, a lot of them are like i miss back home we loved that it. it was free this we could do whatever we want it was all that but at the same time they had no opportunities there it was yeah. full of poverty there or they came from a war-torn country it mm-hmm. was full of famine and disease so there's always positives and negatives you know yeah um, And that's what i took from it you know but i've always felt my parents left for a reason, you know, they left for a better life. Yeah. So what they're having there wasn't good at that point in time. Yeah, They didn't definitely. want to raise us in that environment. Um, so in with that being said, they did the best that they could to give us that positive environment and then we come to this country and the environment is not as, as positive as we once thought, but... Yeah. You know, it all comes down to the individual choices, you Yeah. Know, whether you, you know, take your choice to the wrong path or the better path, you know.
1: I mean, it it also, it also, it's, it, there's also a lot of variables. I mean, perspective is definitely important. Yes. And, um And also what you value, you know. Some people might enjoy the freedom and less opportunities. That's correct. And some people might want a place that's a lot more rigid and structured. But exactly. has opportunities to make something of yourself and... You know, be able to live a life where you don't have really have to stress about a lot.
0: That's correct.
1: You know, but um, so you you're living in that housing environment, what what was um what was some of the things that you got into that some bad things that you got into that you know, um, that was a result of living in that environment.
0: Well, you know, a lot of things that I seen or did myself was a lot of the times was. Just because of peer pressure. None of these Popper things. J? Pardon?
1: Did you pop a Mary J?
0: Uh, plenty of times. Plenty of times. <laughs> yeah. um, that's how I originally got my nickname. You know, Reef is. Oh,
1: um, for real?
0: Yeah, Reef is not really my <laughs> real name. It's my nickname. It's kind of stuck with me ever yeah, since. Yeah, what I was is your real name, though? So, my real name is Farid. Farid. it's It's uh, of Arabic nature. Okay. Um, and
1: um, so, you've grown up in this environment and there was Mary J's all over the place
0: of course, as uh, amongst many other drugs Mary Jane was a, a big part of it yeah
1: so when was this well you see you're 30 now what was it be like the 20 2000s
0: my youth in what years it yeah, was yeah well I grew up in the 90s mm-hmm. and uh, in the in the noughties as well yeah so early teens was in the 90s and then you know sort of you know my young adulthood was in the noughties
1: okay so in the night so this is the 90s what kind of like crazy ass drugs were out there because i know there's some crazy ass stuff that's out there this like yeah
0: today's a whole new level you know the i mean i'm not even up to date with what's out there (laughs) but you know i mean
1: obviously you change your life man you're not living in the exactly you know the grime with the the trap houses anymore that's right you know
0: but you still see it you know you see what's out there and stuff you know not living it but you hear but obviously, I felt um, in those days, the drugs were much more cleaner. I mean, obviously, like meth, methamphetamine is wide, widespread use uh, amongst um, Melbourne and a lot of other states within Australia and the world yeah. as well. Yeah, meth um,
1: is definitely crazy.
0: It is. It's an epidemic. But um, in it was very unheard of back in those days. And the people that did use it. You know, we considered it a gutter drug. It was a very bad drug oh, that okay. you know only the lowest of the lowest people would touch. Dang. And now it's become to the point where you know everyone gets on gets on it on the weekend. You know, it's like yeah, a man. Drug. That's
1: crazy. That meth thing, man. Like people, like the way people are using it is, it's definitely, it's, it's, it's insane because. Because, you know, I'm, I'm studying nursing, so I'm about to finish my degree, hopefully.
0: Congratulations.
1: <laughs> Don't say congratulations yet, man. You know You'll know, get man. there. You'll yeah, get hopefully, there. Hopefully, man. Hopefully. I've got to stay away from the meth. But, yeah, <laughs> Um, one of the things that was really popping up in our curriculums was um drug abuse and methamphetamine. Ooh.
0: Yeah, I bet.
1: Yo, man. I bet. It's crazy out there, man. That drug ruins lives, so do not ever try it. But um, so in the nineties, so was it just a few Mary J's tagging, getting into fights, partying, stealing stuff?
0: Yeah, well, well, pretty much, you know, that's that's what a lot of it was. But if you if you look at it in terms of um of, of drug use, I mean, as I said, there wasn't many much meth use. Yeah, uh, Mary Jane marijuana was probably one of the most prevalent. Um, everyone used to smoke bongs. Um, didn't even smoke much J's or blunts. It was always about the bongs. Yeah. Um, it also in the nineties, just like meth was uh, an epidemic, heroin was a big part of oh, it as well. So you, know, you don't artists. see much of it now, but that was what you know people used to become junkies on. You know, oh, okay. Um, in the early days, it was widespread in the inner suburban, you know, um, cities of Melbourne, Fitzroy, Collingwood, Richmond. You know, it was just everywhere. Damn. Um, growing up in this is
1: all in the nineties. All in the nineties. Holy shit. Because Australia has been tackling drug issues
0: for ages. Ah, very long time. I you mean, think they'd be
1: good at it by now?
0: I guess, <laughs> yeah, <you'd> think so. <laughs> you,
1: know, you think so. You'd think that like, they'd get on top of it because, let's face it, Australia is really not that big and, you know, you could definitely, you know, and the economy of the country is pretty good to be able to stay yeah. on top of this thing and, you know, keep a lid on it. But
0: That's correct. But I think it's just the way of the world. There's always going to be vices, you know, just... Yeah. The way that there's the day you can't have the day without the night, you know. There's good and bad, yeah, and those choices of drug use will always be prevalent in every society and culture.
1: I guess that's what keeps a balance, yeah.
0: I guess you can say that. You know, that's the balance of life. You yeah. know, it's it's good and <laughs> I bad.
1: Mean, yeah, I mean, like you don't want the sun to be out every single day. Yeah, well, you can't appreciate 24 seven. Know, that's you, correct. You appreciate the night sometime.
0: Hundred percent. You can't appreciate the other without the other. You know, because
1: it gives you perspective, and you know, you, oh. Man, that went real deep, bro. Yeah, that was deep, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, so um, when um, when do you, when were you like, yo, I need to, I need to get away from this life. I need to take I need to take shit seriously, man. And when did that happen?
0: It It happened probably two stages in my life. So, um, the first stage was in my um, in my mid teens. And at that time, I wasn't hitting too much heavy drugs, but obviously I was smoking a lot of marijuana. That's how I got my nickname. And also, a new drug <laughs> that was introduced to me was was ecstasy, and that was a very widespread the party use. drug. Party drug, yeah, of course.
1: What kind of music were people listening to? At uh, like that
0: there? time it was like hardcore trance and you know, yeah. m- you know, techno sort of music of the nineties. Oh, yeah. You know, the
1: techno of the nineties
0: yeah pretty much
1: oh yeah because that, that was when like the da- the disco
0: well they had raves they used to call it raves back in those days and they used to have it in um, mm-hmm. underground warehouses and things like that now it's, mm-hmm. it's a bit different they have full music festivals and things like that um you know the first festivals that we used to celebrate was like summer days and things like yeah. that every new years you know so
1: like the uh sorry i don't i don't mean to cut you off so sorry. so it's just like they used to so ecstasy was like yo the, you know That was the the party drug That was the
0: party drug and
1: a drug like that is always influenced by some sort of a music culture, yeah?
0: Yeah, you can say that, 100% Because
1: you're not like drinking, having ecstasy and listening to Biggie
0: well, no, definitely not. I mean, it was because of that 90s rave culture, you know. Oh, okay. I went to my first rave when I was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you go to a bar or a club, you drink alcohol. You go yeah. to a rave, you pop pills. That's what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I had first took my uh, first ecstasy pill. Mm-hmm. And, and then
1: um, when, did, when did you then, or like when did you have that dark moment?
0: Well, it was, it was not long after that, after going through a few raves... Um, you know going uh, you know taking more of those drugs you know smoking my run on a daily basis and all this I was still in school I was still in high school and I was failing bad I got kicked out of my uh, first school um, and then ended up going in uh, to another school and end up getting into trouble there and then going to a third school so I was just you know
1: were you getting in trouble because you're Naughty in school or out of school? And your out-of-school life was affecting your performance well, in school? Well, in,
0: it was both. It was, it was a, combination a combination of both. Yeah. Obviously, you know, I had a lot of uh, peer pressure to, to do bad things outside of school. And that sort of culture or negativity brought me to yeah. uh, to school with that same attitude as well. So
1: Yeah, the energy follows you around, yeah.
0: It does, 100%. You know, so I didn't want to study. I didn't want to even be at school. Yeah, you know, I had, had an attitude problem when no I was out. Listen young.
1: to disco. Doof, doof.
0: Yeah, well, pretty much. That's it. All I wanted to do was just be out of school and just take drugs and party. That's you know? yeah. what you want to do when you're young. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, after doing that for a while, it, it takes its big toll. You know, it takes its toll physically and mentally. You know, I felt like mentally I was in a very bad place. Yeah. Uh, physically, my health was failing me. I was becoming anorexic. I wasn't eating. Yeah. All I was doing was taking drugs every day. Um, and I was failing in school and I was always getting in trouble at home. Uh, mm-hmm. With my parents so. Did your
1: parents know about your Your outside life Your
0: Yeah they They had they a pretty good understanding like of pop it Popping
1: the keys and shit bro They didn't <laughs> they, Yeah they didn't know so much
0: of that I guess yeah. because um, It's it's very foreign to them So they yeah, It's not something yeah. I'm going to be telling them uh, I'm yeah, going like, out popping pills And this and that Because African
1: parents They don't know nothing They don't know that like, shit Because I was know. talking to um One of my I was talking to One of my um uh, There's a cellar, um, Oh a uh, so family member and she's a bit older so she's like my grandmother because you know in africa you know we treat even extended families like you know Yep. so yeah and um i was telling her like do you know these drugs that make people sleep for four like awake for four days and she nearly had a heart attack she yeah. could not believe that there was a drug that could keep you that. awake for three days
0: <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's the ignorance our parents have when it comes to drugs they exactly. have no idea Coming from an African background, it's
0: completely foreign to them. It's yeah, completely foreign. So was that like the same for you? Hundred percent. They um they had no clue. I mean, they did know about my marijuana usage. Obviously, there there is a bit of marijuana use in in Africa. Yeah. Um. So they had an idea about that. Um. And I was and I, at that time, I as I said, I had an attitude problem. I didn't care. You're like, yo, and I'm gonna smoke my I'm gonna smoke it. You know, yeah. I was doing that home. Arief
1: i gotta represent the name <laughs> that's right i gotta stay true <laughs> to the name yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm losing this sick ass nickname man you know what i had to do to earn this name exactly but yeah so so um so yeah your parents just they knew that you're smoking a bit of blunt but they didn't know about the ecstasy
0: that's correct they didn't know all the other stuff but they they knew about the marijuana
1: and then like you're getting in trouble at home for your attitude as a result of that lifestyle and also at school performance was dropping as a everything result of dropping. that lifestyle
0: everything was dropping so. and
1: then moved to to schools so what happened at your second school
0: so I got into trouble there um, with my second school got into fights and things like that and I realised that was a bad um, that was a bad environment for me too yeah um,
1: were you fighting just to like prove a point or was there different reasons you were fighting
0: no there's always di- there's always different reasons you know some of them um i guess you could say you want to prove a point or whatever but Just, some of them um you know people will try
1: to step over you
0: try to step over you try and pick on you or yeah. you're a new guy or you know there's always different reasons you know so, so typical school stuff exactly exactly mm-hmm. and so, then
1: you got kicked out of your second school though
0: yeah i left that school i didn't get kicked out of it but i decided this is no good i had to leave that how so, old were you then um i was i was brought in on 16 years 16 years old okay. so this all happened between the ages of 15 and 16.
1: Damn that must have been a crazy year.
0: Yeah it was I remember that it was 99 it was just a <laughs> turn before the turn of the millennium it was a crazy I'll never forget that year.
1: <laughs> man that's very interesting man so so you left your school you're like yo I've had enough I'm fighting too much yeah. you know and then what did you do after that?
0: So obviously went to the new school and once again I carried all that same stuff with me all that same negativity.
1: Did you just leave that school just because you got sick of the drama there? You wanted a fresh start?
0: Um, well, another, another reason was because we moved areas too. Oh, okay. So, yeah. and my brother started school at this place as well. And he was going through the same thing as well. He was a yeah. troubled kid as well. Mm-hmm. And some of my other friends from other schools that got kicked out all came to this school as well. So naturally, we lived literally two minutes away from the school. So I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to this school now. You know, oh, That's okay. my new home. Yeah. Um, so was
1: it like was your brother also involved in the same lifestyle as you? Or? yeah,
0: we grew up together. I mean, we only... don't,
1: you don't want to dob him on like, like, don't worry, the cops aren't listening, bro. I'm sure they're not. <laughs> I've, I've
0: I've paid my dues anyways, <laughs> but right. that's all. all that's right. all in Let's, the past. Oh sweet, sweet. Um, but yeah, my brother was just a year younger than me, so we had the same group, the same lifestyle, and everything. We hang out with the same same friends and same everything. Um. Yeah, so he had his own set of issues and troubles as well, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, you know, he's still battling those same demons, and you know, he's well in his thirties, you know. Oh yeah. Um, but, but yeah,
1: I mean, you don't you don't have to get too much into that because that's like his part, you know. That's he might right. not want you to share that, so we we'll right. share what you want to share. So um, so you leave school and um, and then. Go to this new school that was two minutes away from your house.
0: Yeah, what's this new school? And and as I said, you know, I brought the same issues with me, same negativity. Nothing. And now, was now you got a crew. <laughs> hey, now I got a crew there as well. <laughs> so it's like double trouble. Your whole double crew's trouble. at
1: this new school, and your brother's there, and you guys are just running a ruckus.
0: Exactly. And um. Did how long did that last? Ah, uh, good. Um. Well, probably a good. Yeah, six months, because um or close to six months because we sort of moved there uh sort of you know within the first uh or you know i guess you know probably mid-year or just before mid-year that's when i made the transition to that school and um and then just tried to continue my studies there but as i said with everything there going on with all my new my, my friends still there we just carried on with the same antics And, um, after a bit of that, that's when it kind of all kicked in, you know, it's like I'm, I'm growing up, I'm maturing, maturing up and, you know, once again, I'm failing and I'm getting in trouble at home and I'm like, well, what the hell am I doing with myself? Mm -hmm. You know, I've I've got to really step my game up, you know, otherwise I'm I'm just going to end up like all these other guys that I grew up with that ended up becoming junkies or ended up in jail or not getting anywhere in life, you know?
1: Yeah. I've always wondered, um, when you're at that age, um, my theory is that a lot of kids that age, lack of direction, they don't really know, have any, you know, they don't have a mountain that they want to climb. you yep. know. So they're just in a frenzy of do whatever comes at you and just, you know, go with the flow. Did you sort of have any direction of where you wanted to be of what you wanted to do with your life or anything that you aspired to be?
0: Well, no, not at that time. You know, at that time I had no direction no nothing i just wanted to live life and enjoy life um to what i thought was enjoyable for me at that time you know which was just you know partying and taking drugs um family that's
1: pretty cool life to some people yeah well that's right some (laughs) people are still living it to this day so um uh, so you had no directions it was did your family or anyone like us you know, Ethiopian family, Ethiopian community, they're very, uh, they're very serious about education and, you yep. know, living a high standard life. Very crazy ass entrepreneurs. Yep. Their businesses, restaurants and stuff like that.
0: That's right.
1: You know, so um, was what was it like? Did they have any influence on you? Did they try to communicate anything to you or did your parents or did, you know? No,
0: they didn't because in my situation, we kind of broke apart from... The, the community. Ethiopian community, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, my dad, uh, my, my parents were split up. You know, by this stage, my dad moved to Perth. Yeah. Started his new family, and my mum was forced to raise two kids by herself. So um, you guys
1: kind of took advantage of that.
0: Yeah, big time. You know, it's 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 hard <laughs> on a single mother. Yeah, of course. Know, nah,
1: that's what kids. I always feel like. You know, when the dad leaves, you know, especially boys. Like a mum, a like mum, mums are awesome, but they can only do so much because that's correct you know you need the father figure you need that you know having a father in the house is is good because you know it just gives you someone to look up to and someone who can like an example that you can at least have because when you're going outside out there you know your, your peers and stuff you you know if there's no one else then that's who your next role models are going to be that's correct and so okay well um so, dad was in Perth, and then you guys were pretty much giving mom a headache. Uh, big headache. Yeah, <laughs> big headache. So. And um, so, giving a headache, moving three schools. So, when did that change? When were you like, you know what, I need to stop giving my mom a headache?
0: So, toward, towards the end of the year. Um, of what year? Of um, 99. Mm-hmm. So, um,
1: like, were you 17 now? Or 16? No, I was still 16.
0: No, I would have probably just turned. Um, Sixteen, okay. um, by this time, and this was once again when I was failing. So I had a big interview with my with my mum and the, the school principal, people. school people. He's they...
1: not doing this, 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 and this. His future looks very dark. Blah blah blah. Exactly, <laughs> all of that, all of that was going on. Yeah,
0: and um, and that's when he kind of clicked in. You know, uh, at, at first I just wasn't. Well, I, I remember that day clearly I wasn't I wasn't listening to what the principal was saying and he had a really big office and had a really big window <laughs> and he faced the Living oval like boss. and I was just like ignorant. looking at the kids mm-hmm. playing there. yeah game. just looking outside done. I was like shit this is a nice day I out, go out there. there I wanna man. go out there you know you shut up <laughs> and the, it was almost like as if like it, it sounds like <laughs> yeah. miraculous or out of this world but like you know it's like the sun just came in and it just like do know as if someone spoke to me just to like to listen to what he's saying you know yeah and just don't worry about what's going out there and Dang. that's when i started to pick up some sense and i was listening to what he was saying mm-hmm. and it clicked into me and i realized shit i've got to do something here i'm going to fail this year i'm I'm going to make it you know so yeah because
1: it's, it's a very honorable thing to finish high school
0: yeah yeah of course for, I think.
1: especially for africans like you know very honorable thing to finish high school.
0: Exactly. It is. And especially where I came from, you know, out of all my peers, it's just me and this other guy that completed high school. Yeah. You know, all my closest friends never finished high school.
1: And that was, you only completed because of that moment where you're at the big ass principal's office, the sun was shining, the over was wide. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I need to listen to this guy.
0: I need to listen to this guy. And so, yeah. So I listened to this guy to what he was saying and then it kind of resonated with me that, well... I got to step my game up. I got to do something about this, um, and um, otherwise, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make it. I'm not gonna go to the next year. I'm just gonna fail from this school, get kicked out once again. Um, after that day, obviously, because I wasn't at school, I was like suspended or something. But I just had to come in for that day to have that interview, a yeah. meeting, and um, my mom had to go to a bank do some banking and i just seen how it was in the bank and it was just like so peaceful and quiet and you know the tellers are just doing their thing (laughs) serving customers i was like shit i could see myself doing that i can i could work in a bank you know i can do that and i was like you know what let's do it so so why
1: so like you've had this epiphany mm, and you've sort of listened to the principal yep and then you've, you've taken in some of his advice and then now you've kind of got a different lens, and you're you're starting to look at things in a serious perspective. And then your mom's like, "I got to go to the bank." Yep. You hit the bank. You see the tellers. They're making their buck. Yep. They, they dress much. very nicely.
0: Yep, that's correct. They don't
1: look like they go to any disco parties. No, nah, complete different world. Pickies. And then, then you're that. like, "Whoa!" Hey, who knows? They might have behind, <laughs> behind doors. Hey, those we don't are know. The ones that do the- <laughs> 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 so and then um so and then you're like, "Whoa!" You know damn, that's actually something I can do. So that was your first time you actually saw something that you could chase after? Yeah,
0: that's the first time I had some sort of direction or something that I could look for, aspire to become, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when I started researching into that and, you know, I got, got into accounting. So, uh, Oh, damn. Yeah, so I, I really stepped up my game. I completed that year and I passed and I was able to go into my BCE. Mm-hmm. I chose all, you know, financial subjects, financial uh, subjects. I chose accounting, business management, you know, finances, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And um, that's when I, like, completed my VCE. That's when I changed for the better. and you know, I completed my VCE with honours. Uh, I was top of my class um, in, all, in all my finance uh, subjects. Holy shit. I was the only one that was able to complete, um, I remember I think this was the midterm accounting exams. I was the only one that was able to complete it, complete it within the due time Whoa. and still get, like... Uh, I think it was like a 97 percentile percentage for it. Um, that's just how much I was into it. And it just kind of made me realize like, you know, I'm one of those guys. If you put yourself, put your mind into it, you can achieve anything you want. Yeah. That was Man, the first time I realized that. It's
1: always like, so once you've had something to chase, it's always like interesting how much more you have. Did you feel like? You now have some direction.
0: Hundred percent. It's all about a direction, that goal. When you see that direction, when you can envision it, when you can see it in front of you, that's what's going to make you achieve it. You yeah. know, that's what's going to make you go get it out there. You know, and these little things that you do every day will get you a step closer towards that. You know. And so, then
1: you get like, and then once you did that, you started getting little victories by just completing your homework and then yeah. getting some positive reinforcements from your teachers. And that's correct. You know, you probably started mixing with a different peer group because once you start doing work like that, you want to share your good work you've done. So you, you share with other students. And yeah. then did that kind of give you more positive reinforcements?
0: It did, you know, I sort of broke away from my friends, you know, they were nothing but, but trouble. Yeah. And obviously you, you meet new friends in, in your school, in your new class that you normally don't hang out with. And, yeah. you know, and they bring more positive positivity into your life, you yeah. know. And I carried that all across to my VCE, and I was happy to say that I completed my VCE and went on to further studies from there as well.
1: So, man, so how was that like? From like, that's a quick turnaround, by the way. <laughs> it was a complete one hundred and eighty. It was a complete one hundred and eighty. That's a quick know? turnaround, man. So, yeah, how did you how did you manage that? Like, how, how did you go about that? You know, what what kind of kept you going strong and you know, because once you lived that lifestyle. You know, that's know, that's a the fast life is very addictive. It is. You know what I mean? And once you live that addicted, free for undisciplined life and then you kinda decide to change and become more structural, I mean you can have a good goal, but there's still the temptation, those moments you remember, you know, it kind of it can still come in and, you know, tempt tempt you. How did you, you know, fight that off and maintain Maintain yourself and keep that discipline to complete and get what you wanted to get. With
0: willpower and determination, you know. Once I made the decision to change my life, I, I stuck with it. And obviously, you face those temptations on a daily basis. Yeah. But you just don't give in to them. You yeah. Know? And that's, that comes down to your determination and your willpower. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly mm-hmm. how I found my fitness because once it, it all stemmed from a you know like a a, a deep pain or. You know, deep unhappiness with something, you know, and then when you really use that and turn it against and and do it as a complete 180, you have this sheer determination, this sheer willpower and you'll do anything that you want to get that, you know, so what I learned. um, So was was that like
1: a pivotal moment in your life? Because once you got that victory and you knew, whoa, look what I was, look what I just did. I can take this shit anywhere and 100%. just make it work.
0: 100%. That was the first time I realized that, um, you know, I had that gift and everybody has that gift, you know. So yeah. um, it's it's all about what you can put your mind to achieving and you can achieve it as long as you have that willpower and determination. And yeah. as I said, it comes down from some deep root of unhappiness um, and that will make you change, you know. So that's what happened in my early years. With my studies and completing my studies and going to further studies from there, and I used the exact same tactics when I got into my fitness as well. Yeah, you know, my fitness started all from a deep uh unhappiness with how I looked. Yeah, it was miserable. Oh, yeah, so
1: so um, so you finished high school, and um, and then what happened after that? So you finished high school, did you go to uni to study accounting? Yeah,
0: I went to uni, studied accounting at Swinburne Uni. Mm-hmm. Um, And I carried that positivity across. Um, Now, going back to the whole willpower determination thing, you know, that's what got me through high school and got me onto uni. Yeah. But as I said, we all are human and we all can come to temptations. That's when I found new temptations. Yeah. That's when I first went to my first relationship um, with my first long-term girlfriend.
1: Oh, the booty, bro.
0: The booty. gets you every time. (laughs) It gets you every time. So you're
1: like, you finish high school, you just change your life around and you know, you're like, yo, I'm going to do this accounting job. I want to get that banker job. And then, like, That's you right. see a beautiful girl at Union. It, was that it?
0: Well, pretty much, yeah. I, I, I first met her just when I was um, uh, completing my VCE. Um, so, at that time, it wasn't too bad. I was able to complete my VCE. But I could already see, you know, minor changes in my behavior just because it was something new to me, Yeah, you know? Like, I've never really been in a relationship. You know, uh, Obviously, seeing girls when I was younger, but never for a full relationship. So, it kind of got me back into getting a bit more social you know mm-hmm. you start going out once again oh. you start drinking and things like oh. that you know so um and that was when there was a bit of a slight breakdown in in my behavior i still kept it strong and i finished it but as i got onto uh uni um and i was still seeing her um that's when you know i sort of had my first breakup And that's when it kind of set me on a downhill spiral from there as well. You know, it was my first heartbreak.
1: So like, so you finished high school and you've seen this girl, you finished high school with honors, killing it in accounting, going to Swinburne, going to become an accountant, get that banker job, you know, chasing that dream. And then you had this girl, and, and she broke your heart. How old was that the first year of uni or second year?
0: So, this was my second year. So, I completed a full year of uni. Mm-hmm. Um, I went up to my second year, and that's when it all happened. So, at, at this point, I got into my second year, and I finally got my dream. Mm-hmm. So, I finally got to work in a bank. It wasn't an exact bank. Oh, but, so you
1: actually got to work at a bank?
0: Yeah, I worked for the Commonwealth Bank Operations Center. Yeah. Um, at oh, this man, time, was that's in crazy, man. The city. So yeah I, I i achieved what i wanted you know so i did my my accounting studies in, in high school carried that across in further studies and ended up working in a bank yeah um at the very low level but it was a start and it was all happening for me but um um i broke up with her and at this t- at that time one of my other f- closest friends that i grew up with who also completed high school with we only two that completed high school yeah um, we started hanging out a bit more and started, um, you know, going out, clubbing, once again, taking more drugs and, yeah. um, was it, drinking. did you,
1: um, were you just trying to get through the, the breakup?
0: Yeah, I think it was a bit of an escape, you know, yeah. it was just something to get through. It was a, like a new chapter in my life, you know? Yeah. Um, and as a result, I got into more trouble <laughs> and, um, that's when, you know, I left school. I didn't complete my studies and- Were you still working? I worked for a little bit obviously because that was my um
1: paid the bills
0: yeah paid the bill you know it was my sole source of income yeah and then not long after that that's when i left that as well
1: yeah did you leave or did you i left
0: i left you know i left i just gave up on it and i just left and i got into new temptations you know so Do, um, do you
1: mind if we if we dive deeper into the new temptation this seems like a pivotal moment
0: yeah it was a very big pivotal moment you know this comes back to all, um, you know, down to my younger years and, you know, being in a very bad environment. And it sort of followed me towards uh, even in my later or early adult years, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's when I left school, I left work, and that's when I first started selling drugs.
1: Oh, okay. To- Is that why you left work? Because you're like, yo, this nine to five, it just ain't killing it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm making what I can make in one day. Hundred percent, two hours, uh, you know, all that stuff. So is that what happened?
0: That's what happened. You know, that's when temptation really hit me. You know, you you go out clubbing and you know and you see money everywhere and you see all these girls and you know fancy things and bright lights and you yeah. want you want that lifestyle. You know?
1: So it was um so, uh, was it you were were you a user at that time or more of a I wasn't. Used- you, you had more of a business mind then, yeah, because you had that accounting brain, and then you you've been working at a bank, so you kind of knowing that you know the money is the important part now, not being the user so then you had now a business side of you're now the business side of things now rather than there
0: hundred percent i use the the old school adage you know, never, <laughs> never get high off your own yeah.
1: supply.
0: You know? hey man that's a biggie line man it. so so now
1: so you started dealing and then what happened
0: and then um well you know i was i was living that fast life and uh i took the best out of it i enjoyed it for the most part of it um but it all catches up to you, yeah. Um, so that's
1: like the popos. Or? Yeah,
0: that's that's right. I, I remember the first time that even you know it came and raided right my house, and that Damn. was so surreal. You know, it's like three, three or four a.m. in the morning. I remember, and I was like talking to some girl on the telephone. <laughs> <And> the <next laughs> How long thing... was
1: business open for? For, <laughs> for, for before that happened,
0: um, I'd probably say a good six months. Oh, that's not bad. Yes, yeah, so for, it was, for an amateur, it was. Yeah, yeah pretty much. People forget,
1: much. man. Some people go to jail for three, four, five years before they know how to navigate the business.
0: Well, you know, <laughs> I was I was with the right people. Yeah, you know, they were they they were far from amateurs. But yeah, unfortunately, um, you know, even professionals. Can yeah, get of started,
1: course, you know? man. You always get caught in that line of business. You know?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a big operation, you know, obviously I was at the, the lower end, but yeah, I was still involved. So they had to come after me. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so even just that first moment, just someone coming into your house, that's foreign you don't know. is so surreal. You actually, yeah. think, you know, am I like dreaming. Waking you, know? you
1: up when you're talking to your loved one on the phone
0: yeah i wouldn't say she was my loved one but she was someone um, someone i was talking to at that time man if and you're
1: talking to a girl at three or four o'clock in the morning she's got to be special for sure
0: man. I, yeah one would think right but <laughs> you know when you live that lifestyle there was no that's uh, normal
1: that, is that morning for you that
0: was, that, there was no sense of time yeah i was like <laughs> business is open 24 7. You
1: know. <laughs> okay okay so so you're talking to this girl on the phone and the cops raid your crib yeah take you take you to jail
0: predicts that that's right so um what'd you get slapped with no well the good thing was um what happened was it, i was at the house for several hours obviously the raid takes several hours they flip your, your house upside down <laughs> open your
1: tvs but open your mattress everything. check the pockets on everything oh man they left a mess <laughs> i remember and they yeah, came in, as i said
0: at three or four a.m in the morning and oh, then i probably you know got i remember driving at that time with the st kilda police uh, complex yeah. Um and, you know, getting driven there probably around about midday. Um, you know, handcuffed in the back, and that's when it just reality just all kicked in, you know? Yeah. Um so this this was on a Friday and um and I remember being reminded in and um they they had me reminded in for the whole day. Yeah. And I thought I was that's it, I'm getting done. But luckily they go, we're not gonna remind you because uh, you're to be able to see the judge until Monday, yeah. it was obviously too late. So they had me out on bail. Um, I don't know how they did it, but that's that's what happened. I was out on bail and then I was just waiting for my, uh, my court trial. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, it was a long process, it was a two year process. It was a lengthy trial. I remember that. Yeah, We um, started off at the magistrate's and didn't even end up at the county court.
1: People think that, like, uh, like court goes for a long time. Oh,
0: big time. <laughs> it's such a, you know, <laughs> and at that time, you're trying to move on with your life. Yeah, and, I
1: know. And you really you know, can't. And you sort of, like, you're stuck in this bubble.
0: Yeah. It's, you're in limbo. <laughs> you know, you're in limbo. <laughs>
1: and it's yeah. like, you know, you go, what, and it's like, um, the false hope they give you. You think like the next court date is gonna be something is gonna happen and then someone didn't bring this someone didn't bring that yeah. it, oh my god man I that mean. shit drags it always oh, gets man. adjourned for some Yo,
0: reason yeah. we're
1: gonna go for a lunch break like come on man, you all get paid thousands of dollars, yeah. man. Why you need so much lunch break? <laughs> it's all a money making
2: scheme. They all get their money out
1: of it, the yeah, the <laughs> They know how to get that money, man. That's, that, that's right. a real hustle, man. That's yeah.
0: <laughs> that's the how she wish you get into
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, for real, man. Like that's a real hustle. So, um so the court goes two years county court, you know, goes get so it get that's pretty serious when it gets in the county, man.
0: Yeah, it is. So, um lucky um, as i said i was at the very lower end and people at the higher end um took most of the blame yeah and i remember the one that took the blame ended up getting 10 years damn um it was a very long time and um lucky lucky for me my friend we just got a two-year suspended sentence so okay. obviously if we um if we did anything wrong, then our sentence was for two years.
1: Just so so pretty much a slap in the wrist.
0: Pretty much. It was uh, my first offence. Yeah. So being my first offence, you know, and, um, you know, being at the lower end and the lawyers always, I guess at that time, they, they, they use emotional, you know, ties to sort of make it easier for you. Yeah. You know, they sort of say the whole, you know, he's a young fella he's a young first fella time, first time he's got his life ahead of did him did put the refugee yeah card? they put all that into it as well they <laughs> you said my background the card, man <laughs> they give you the whole yeah they, they go through your whole background yeah you know, and it kind of like as i said it 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 gives um something for the judge to sort of work with you yeah. know to say well you Know he's made a mistake, you know. It's he's not like a career criminal, he hasn't yeah. done it heaps of times, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I got a slap on the wrist, you know. Um, I got that two year spend sentence with 120 hours of community service, yeah. So, I had to do my community service, give me what.
1: some time to reflect,
0: yeah. Every Saturday, I had to work at either a cemetery or, or primary school, Clean man.
1: That's up. that's got to be like real deep working in a cemetery, man. Yeah, I guess. Was that like yo <laughs> No, like for real, man. That's that's gonna be some gangster shit, man. Like working at a cemetery, that's gotta give you perspective, man.
0: I guess you can say it, you know. Um I've always felt cemeteries has made me feel like these people have passed on and they had the opportunity in life And now it's over for them And, and now you have the could, opportunity Yeah And if they could speak to me What do you think they would say to you Yeah you know, That's what always goes through my mind Yeah When I'm in a cemetery You know
1: So do you kind of always like it's not to sound weird or anything But like Do you Do you sort of live your life In terms of You know I'm going to do the best I can So that whoever These people who have passed on You know They'd be proud or they'd be able to be like, yeah, Yo, you did good or you did, you know, you, you did something.
0: Well, I guess, I guess not from the past on, <laughs> not like that, but I guess in the sense where you always want to sort of leave your legacy or leave your mark, you know, I yeah. feel like it's our duty to leave some good behind, yeah. you know, yeah, for the, for the other people, you know, so that that you can learn from, you know, and this is even an example with the podcast that you're doing. You yeah, know. So yeah, for sure, to man. Educate people, then if you can put that little bit of hope or goodness out there, yeah, then you're doing your part, you know.
1: Yeah. So, um, what 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 lessons did you learn from the drug the drug industry?
0: Not to sell drugs. Um, Definitely, crime not to sell. does not pay. That's.
1: Did you at least get to live that life?
0: Um. To, to to live it or
1: like did you at least get to enjoy the fast life a little bit the, yeah the, i did As I said, lights and all that all that jazz yeah obviously but it wasn't worth it it know?
0: wasn't worth it i mean it was worth it in the sense that it was a good life lesson. it was a good life experience yeah you know? especially
1: if you only get away with community service
0: ah oh, big time big time um i was very blessed and i had someone looking over me i could definitely say that yeah um
1: so what did your parents think about all this did they know that you're in court or were you guys
0: yeah well obviously they never knew i was you know living a fast life or that. Yeah? you know i was selling sure, drugs man. that sort of stuff but obviously when when it happened then yeah they were very well aware of what happened you know but they were very understanding you know i didn't expect that from them you know you think being african parents you know they um you know be a bit more harder on you but i never copped that they were always understanding i guess i even remember when they came picked me up from when i was in remand yeah they were um they were just just happy to see me you know
1: yeah i mean i guess like when you get caught like they think the worst case scenario you're going to go away for 10 5 15 years and the fact that you get let out it's like oh that's a break that's a relief exactly yeah man exactly so that's Man, aren't you glad there wasn't any social media back then? Because I know.
0: <laughs>
1: sounds like it was so much easier to keep things away from your parents. Yeah,
0: you could. It you was could. These days. It was... You
1: can't do anything. Cause someone, everybody's got a phone. Yeah, everyone found out. It
0: was simpler days back then. So, um, days.
1: so you do your community service, and then um, did you decide I'm gonna go back to accounting or you can't well, be trusted with money well, no
0: because uh yeah at that time obviously now um you know you had a conviction against your name yeah. you had a strike against your name so it was it was you know hard getting a job you know i wouldn't be able to work in a bank with a conviction you know it's, it's hard um so that was a good life lesson you know like uh what i wanted to achieve kind of like you know got thrown out the window you know yeah um, but luckily, at that time, I, I met a new girlfriend, and she was a big positive part in my life. Yeah. Um, and I ended up being with her for you know for a good nine years, you know, for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and she was there to help and support me, and we actually found work together. Uh, first, started uh, worked at a call center. Yeah. Um, and this was um, um, this was this was for Telstra so we did um i hate telstra a lot of people do i copped a lot
1: (laughs) oh those people are so dirty man yeah dirty business but hey man they're successful
0: they are. Well, I guess they're Australia's leading tele- telecommunication company at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah. But um, Still they service all of Australia. But yeah, they're, they're the most hated.
1: Used to get $4,000 phone bills in a month.
0: <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so
1: you worked at Telstra and then?
0: Yeah, I did about two years there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like my life was on a good track. You know, I had this new girlfriend. I had a job. I was making money legitimately. Um, I was being like a productive member of society, you know, yeah. I felt like all right well here here it goes my my life can be all right mm-hmm. um you know I ended up moving out with it, we got a place together and everything like that, so everything was was good, you know we were happy um but I wasn't satisfied at that um at that job you know yeah. i w- I wasn't happy with it, and I ended up leaving leaving that, and then I just had a bit of time where I wasn't working
1: how long um, how long were you? Um, how long were you at the call center for?
0: A good two years. I was yeah? there for a good two years.
1: So this was after, so you've done your two years of uh, community, uh, 120 no, I was hours? No, at
0: that time I was still doing it. So what happened was... um, um,
1: 120 hours goes for a long time over a weekend, yeah? It if does, especially when
0: weekend. you used to always skip it. Oh <laughs> my God. Uh, yeah, I kind and of dragged I- it over the two years, but I got my hours completed, so that was yeah. all right. Um, I, I kind of took it like lightly, you know, I should have learnt it, uh, a mm-hmm. better lesson, but I thought, you know, what? Well, like they took it easy on me, you know, so I'm taking it easy, you know, yeah. so it was a community service very lightly and very easy, but I got it done, got it finished. But during that time, that's when I started working at Telstra. Yeah. I found a, had a, found a role there. Um, and then...
1: So they trusted you in phone calls because you knew you wouldn't try to rob anything?
0: Um... Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. So why was, were,
1: like uh, is why weren't they? Did you try to become an accountant?
0: No, I never did. I never you just did. But I kind of going to give you a chance. I felt like they weren't going to give me a chance. But at the same time, I kind of felt like after what I went through, I was kind of like done. I was yeah. over it. You know, I wanted to get on to the next thing. You know, yeah. um, that that's how I felt. So it was short lived. You know. I, yeah. Um, and just like the course area, that was very short lived as well. You know. Yeah. Um, I. I Ended up, you know, working at nine to five, driving. A lot of people can can relate, and you know, you do your nine to five, you do work for a while, and you feel like you're a robot, a slave. There's no pleasure that you're getting out of it. It's just a paycheck. It's all it yeah. is. You know, there's no enjoyment. There's no passion. There's no nothing. Was you that gotta-
1: because he um, didn't have? the next mountain you wanted to chase? Are you still kind of navigating what you wanted to do?
0: That's what it was. Uh, You know, once again, I sort of, you know, life was all, you know, all well and good, but, you know, it got to the point where once again, like my youth, I was just like a leaf in the wind, no direction. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Um, Because after everything that's happened, I just had no real sense of direction. I'm just living life as is, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I left it and still with no sense of purpose or direction. Um, But (coughs) during that whole time, you know, Uh, working at Telstra and, you know, working behind a computer desk and not doing any sort of physical activity, you know, left all that sports stuff that I used to do when I was a kid behind. Yeah,
1: because you were like a killer athlete in high school, yeah?
0: Yeah, well, probably like before I, um, you know, started to smoke marijuana and stuff like that, in my early teens, I was uh, very active in basketball, playing footy, um, you know, like track and field yeah. that we had at school and stuff like that. I was pretty good at all that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you know that kind of died as well as I got older with everything. Yeah. Um. And, and working at Telstra uh, once again, I had no sense of nutrition. When I was young, I had I was raised up with no sense of nutrition, so I always ate junk. And because of my fast East African metabolism, I'd never put on weight. As I said, yeah. as well as I was a skinny kid growing up yeah um and you carry that as you get older living a sedentary lifestyle it catches up your metabolism slows down you know i was eating in, you know, i used to park my car at crown and the offices weren't that far from there so i'd go to crown park my car I'd go grab maccas for breakfast at the food court there you know, I'd, I'd go, oh, uh, <laughs> I'd go to Mike work. My
1: kids have ruined so many lives. Oh, it has. It has, it has <laughs> golden arches. And another sweet temptation. Oh, man. And they just seem to be everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I swear, they are must like nowhere. Like like, they're just so strategic. I think that that's probably where they spend a lot of their money is like strategizing where to put a McDonald's to well, ruin people's lives.
0: <laughs> that's, that's a big part of it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I think I even remember like my uh, my accounting teacher in year eleven. Actually, told me their real money doesn't really lie in making burgers, but in real estate. Yeah, they own yeah. a lot of property, you know, they're in every yeah, primary. The,
1: they're not trying to make the best burgers, they're just yeah. is is trying to buy the most real estate. Exactly, that's right. <laughs> if you're going for burger quality, yeah, Marcus is definitely not the right place. <laughs> that's correct. I mean, that's what I've I, yeah, I learned, I, I heard that I watched a YouTube video, and someone's like, Yeah, Mac is in the real estate industry, and that yeah. kind of brings the perspective on. You know, some businesses may look a certain way, but they're in a different type of industry. Yeah, kind of give you that open mind and you know that chest, that chest kind of feel to being a business person. Yep. And um, but anyway, so yeah, you live in a sedentary lifestyle. It's catching up to you. The East African metabolism is not is not it's, helping you anymore. Yeah, it's
0: not helping anymore. I started gaining a lot of weight. Yeah. Um, you know, I pretty much had like a a, a tire around my gut. You know, I remember the first time looking at my in the mirror um and i was like i never had back fat where's all this back fat coming Damn. from you know um where's that gut fat, coming that's a, from that's a real man that's, that's when you get some back fat that's what it's like wow yeah. all right i'm overweight now
1: where's platinum fitness
0: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um and well before i got to like i mean it was it was a slow process over those two years of gaining weight but i didn't i didn't sort of realize it till a little bit later on you know it was it was, I think it was like a New Year's party when I was self-conscious. The first time I was self-conscious, I realized, wow, I'm getting overweight. Um, and I've moved from Telsha at this point in time, and I started working for an Australian supplement company called Max's. One of my friends got me into that. You know, yeah, how did because, that happen? Well, obviously, I, I, um, I left Telsha because, yeah, once again, I was unhappy with that um sick
1: of getting back
0: fat sick of getting back fat <laughs> <laughs> sitting down on my ass all day long eating yeah. maccas you know pizza yeah. and all that junk um i found a job um with max's protein and that was my first sort of you know influence with you know proper like fitness and gym and bodybuilding yeah. you know um that's when it sparked my interest and that's when so i did your
1: mate just hit you up like yo reef we need you out here. Oh.
0: No, it was more like I kind of um hit him up? Yeah. It was it was mutual because like I left Telstra. I was out of work for a couple of months and he was working there as well. And he's like, you know, and I was told him need I need to start working again, I don't know what to do and then he goes, Well, you know, there's a position there if you want it, you know. Yeah if you want to come along, you know. Um and I thought about it, I was like, you know what, I'll take him on. Right. So I, try, I tried I tried tried it and at the time I was just um a casual employee um and um and i really liked it and i really liked the positive environment the positive atmosphere and i was actually being physical i started working off in the warehouse in the factory just picking and packing boxes using your feet using my feet you know um, i was active and i was that's when i got my first sense of like well, I like being active. I yeah. like doing things with my hands and my feet and I like moving around. I didn't wanna be, be stuck behind a Wait, computer. Do you didn't desk. know
1: that when you're like running the drug life, being a hustler and all that? I mean that's an no, active business, man. It is an
0: active business. <laughs> it's a fast active business, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah. So
1: you got the epiphany when you're working at the supplement company?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of already knew it, you know, What a big part of it was working for Telstra, you know, I realised, well, I don't I don't want to do this anymore, I don't want to be inactive and, you know, be boring and do nothing with myself and going to there further reiterated that, you know, how much like I like moving around, I like being physical, I like being active, you Yeah, know, and that really sparked a, a big sense of like, how I got into fitness you know mm-hmm. so being in an environment where people are all health conscious you know that's the first time I see people eating healthy at the uh, at the lunch rooms you know dry but, broccoli and chicken yeah, eating chicken and broccoli and rice <laughs> and like, potato where's where's the what mac, is mac is at? where's Bro. the pizza at where's the KFC? yeah nuggets at? man nah, none of that yeah none of that it was all healthy food and um you know that's, they all they all trained. They all you know went to the gym. They all ate healthier, had healthy lifestyle. it Was a positive influence. Yeah. Um, also with with my unhappiness with the way that I looked it was a big spark as well. You know that was when I first said, well, I got to make a change. Yeah. Um, so being in a positive environment and you know that deep uh, sense of being unhappy with myself worked together to sort of change my life and transform my life. You know. So that's my first um, beginnings of fitness. Yeah. Um, that's when I first started researching as much as I could. Um, I remember, you know, the internet is, is a place, it was full of information, some good, some bad, but yeah. I, you know, I, I learned as much as I could, you know, I tried to take the good from the bad and, and vice versa. And, um, f- and obviously the owners of the company, you know, they're all Australia's leading supplement company. They all live the bodybuilding lifestyle. You know? Yeah. Um, one of the bosses was an ex-Victorian champion, you know, he, he lived in America Um training with the bodybuilders there and whatnot. So I got a lot of valuable information from these guys. Um yeah, and and all of it was, you know, getting as much information as I could, but it was it was all trial and error. It was a big experimentation of my body, you know. So
1: so was it um when you're working at the supplements company, you're around people who are in the fitness industry. Yep. And then this is when you're like you started using your feet, getting active and you like the action yeah and then you're like i'm gonna start lifting weights doing squats and shit.
0: yeah and i just started Eating off at chicken home. and broccoli well well yeah it was all a step in process you know yeah. but so I you first started off at home just at home just doing bodyweight exercise i remember just doing push-ups sit-ups. sit-ups you know body weight squats and just whatever i could do at home you yeah. know and that, that was b- that
1: just because you're self-conscious about going to the gym or you just didn't want to go to the gym
0: I felt like I wasn't. Yeah, there was probably a bit of that, but I felt like uh, I wasn't ready to go to the gym, and I was never really a big gym person. You know, any any physical stuff that I did when I was younger was always outdoors or at home. You know, even when I was younger, I used to do push ups across when I was at home. Yeah. Um, well, do
1: you would you advise someone to hit the gym asap or? Like Well, it's it's good to do. be in a
0: gym yeah. because just because of the fact that it's a positive environment, you come yeah. there and train, you've got everything available there for you. Yeah. But it's not always necessary, Some, you know? Yeah. You yeah. can do mad workouts at home uh-huh. or outdoors, yeah, especially if you're just beginning, just doing bodyweight stuff. And that can always prepare you for, um, you know, the gym, especially when you're young, you know? Yeah,
1: bodyweight exercises are actually very underrated because most, yeah. most of them are working different multiple muscles, multiple joints, as opposed to if you're doing... You know, weight, it's sort of an isolated, yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. It's more functional as well. The body's designed to move that way. You know, yeah, like a functional. push up.
1: Your legs are being used. Your your abs are being used as opposed to a bench press. It's kind of you can use your abs, but it's more just sh- shoulders and chest
0: yeah definitely they're, they're more dynamic with your body weight movements you know yeah. your body's designed to you know push and pull in a certain way you know obviously weights are just mimic, mimicking that yeah but there's nothing better than doing it functionally within your own body you know um, if you can manipulate like your own body most of the times you'll have a fantastic body if you look at dancers and gymnasts and all that yeah, they have such lean athletic yeah man gymnasts bodies, you know? are crazy man yeah
1: like for hypertrophy like there's people and also like there's a lot of people on Instagram like who just do body weight and like yo. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you sure you do body weights only, man?
0: That's yeah, that's <laughs> like right. They, they have live, that look.
1: Yeah. yeah. So um so you started doing just body weights at home and then what happened?
0: And, and then, then you kind of grow it, you know, there's only so much that you can get, you know. So obviously I I upgraded, you know, I got a pair of dumbbells, I got a pair of you know, I got some, some weights and some barbells, you know. But you know, that did that did well for that time being. But after that I was like and I think it's time to hit the gym, you know, uh, yeah. uh, where I was living was, there was literally a gym down the road from me. And, um, that gym was, was funny enough, the, the headquarters for NABBA, the, uh, um, oh, yeah. And, um, so it was, it was, a, it was a, it was a bodybuilding gym. And, um, so that was my first sort of introduction to a proper gym. And, um, you, you go into the gym and you see all these massive bodybuilders, you know, these massive dudes and, you know, all pumping weights, lifting weights. And, you know under the right supplements under, under the right supplements you know yeah um and and i wanted that i idolized that i wanted that you know so i was very unhappy with the way i looked and i and i wanted to make a change and that just further sparked it more and more and the more i got into it the more deeper i got into it you know? yeah um and, and that's just how it's been for me you know and some of these guys that i first met there i still see till this day in different gyms or in different circles you know yeah um so um
1: so what did you do when you started hitting the gym and you know you, you said um when did you get into personal training
0: so i didn't get into personal training until many years later obviously this whole process of fitness spanned many years you know so i've been basically at for almost 10 years now
1: yeah you've been um, in the fitness industry for almost 10 years
0: yeah, well that's when i well pretty much when i first started working at Maxes was 2008 it's 2017 now. oh shit! So yeah. next year will be a year practically, practically ten years that I've been in the game. Damn. Um,
1: when when did you when did you, when were you when did you become a personal trainer? In between that year, so
0: I, per, I became a personal trainer. I remember um, graduating in 2014. Started my course in 2013, graduating in 2014, um, and pretty much been personal training as soon as I um, finished? finished the course. It was it was actually quite funny. I remember the day. That I, um, that I got like, your certificate right, i'm
1: ready to get clients now
0: well pretty much it's <laughs> like what, what, I, what i must admit everything that's happened in my life all these pivotal moments has obviously happened for a purpose or a reason they've all just carried across um and and all these all these days the moments i remember quite clearly and i remember this is another pivotal moment and i remember graduating and you know i finished that course it was in the city you know i left caught the train back home stopped off to grab some groceries and um I got a call from a mate um who I worked with at Max's. Yeah. Um at this point in time he's moved on from Max's and um went to a gym with his brother and became part owners in, in a gym. Um in Dorridge gym in Camberfield.
1: Oh, so is your mate the owners of Dorridge's gym?
0: In Camberfield, yeah. That's correct. So it's is, almost become like a franchise, obviously. Um it,
1: Are they part of the franchise or do they own that franchise?
0: Yeah, they're kind of like they're they shareholders, I guess you can say, oh, okay. you know, um, yeah. without like knowing exactly the nitty gritty of it, but they're yeah. shareholders. So, um, and they bought into that into that business, and um, and when he went into it, it was it was a, a jungle. It was being run a you know, yeah. the previous owners just almost ran into the ground, and they, they had a lot of work to do. But I mean,
1: uh, that's where opportunity lies there.
0: Big time. Well, that's how I got that opportunity. You know, their staff at that point were, some of them very untrustworthy, um, stealing from the business and, and things like that was going on and had to let them go. And I remember he called me up. He's like, having a hard time here. You know, staff are doing this. I had to let them go. We really need you out here. You'd be perfect for it, you know? Yeah. And I was like, you know what why not let's do it yeah um at that time i was working at max's part-time yeah. doing my course part-time and i just finished and i was like all right well i was gonna go back to max's full-time you know what let's work at the gym part-time now just uh-huh. carry it across uh-huh. um and so i started working there and then i also picked up my very first uh clients as well so i was yeah pretty much doing three positions I was, I was working at max's i was working at the gym behind the counter um i was doing my clients and and i build up my client base you know so
1: now you so now you're like fully living in the gym yeah doing what you're actually very passionate about well ingrained in you know that's correct in Yeah. That industry that's and, correct and then um and then what happened from there when did you decide oh i want to compete now
0: so so what happened was, obviously, this was all in 2014. and um, Did you struggle to get clients? Yeah, there's always a bit of a struggle, you know, because, yeah. um, you know, I only had just two clients that I began with and they're still with me until this day. They have been loyal. They haven't left me after all that time. <laughs> yeah, that's so, loyalty. Yeah, man. it is loyalty, you know. And um, But over, over that course, you built up. Now, one of the advantages of... You know, working behind the counter at a gym, you get to meet and know everyone. Oh. And when you become friendly with people and they hear your story, it's they see opportunity your story. yeah. Big time. That's how I built my um my my client base. It's people's None, game, yeah. Yeah, it is a people's game. None of it was handed to me. I, I went out there, got the trenches, I, I talked to people, met people, you know, um, you know, they knew me, they know my story, they see me on Instagram. And they were one of the pieces of that how action. How much has Instagram helped your business? Well, it's it's pretty much become like a calling card, you can say. You know, social media is a big part of it. You know, social like your media Facebook. is
1: now the, 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 card, the business card, yeah? Yeah, Probably exactly. Probably even more than that. It's more like your resume.
0: Yeah, that that's spot on. You can say that. You know how many people have come to me at the gym and said, Oh, I've Instagram. seen your Instagram. I've seen this. I've seen that. You know, it's a How'd big do starting this? point. How would you do this? How would you do that? You know, so... Naturally, it was quite easy just to carry that across. It then. kind
1: of fast-tracks that that um, the process of having to introduce yourself and show your background and what you can do because yeah. you already have the portfolios there. It's just like, yo, let's get to business. That's correct. But obviously not just like, you know, get to business in terms of how can I help you and this is what I can do, and you know? And it, does that, has that make made business efficient and, you know?
0: Yeah, 100%. Without social media, I don't feel like I could have been... Um, as efficient or as effective with it you know so it does help you know because you can't
1: just be putting photos of yourself in the gym yeah exactly sticking photos in yourself around the you
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know so it it created that platform you know um and i've met a lot of people along the way because of that you know without that i would have met you you know yeah yeah for
1: sure man yeah i mean yeah i guess that's how i made you i was like yo man this guy's from Africa is like he's doing his thing and I was I was fascinated by the name Reef. I was like, damn, that's a crazy ass name.
0: It was unique. But now yeah. I know the
1: backstory about it, it makes it even more interesting. Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> 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 no, but um so so you're working behind the gym, you're in the trenches and then you you are getting your customers up and then you join Instagram. When did you join Instagram?
0: Oh, wow, I think I first joined it in um, twenty thirteen, I believe. Twenty thirteen yeah. or twenty twelve, something like that. Cause I remember that was um, um, during the time that my transformation took pay, uh, took um, took place, and once again, one of my friends from work introduced me to Instagram. It was very early days at that time. Not many people from Australia were into it. It was, uh, it was very big in the states. Yeah. They're um, always big over there. Oh, very big, you know. That's
1: not fair. They always get all the good shit, man.
0: They do, don't they? We we'll just follow them. Yeah, That's I know, man. S- sucks. <laughs> but we'll get there. We always get there. We will catch up. Yeah, I know. Um, Three
1: years later, when they moved on to the next thing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but um, so you might introduce you to, you to Instagram.
0: Yeah, and at that time, I didn't even know how to use it. I didn't post nothing. I just had an account, and it was like no profile pic, no pictures, no nothing. Follow but I was just
1: booty big booty girls amongst well, no.
0: others but um, they, no, you, you were, have, I don't think they were too big at day yeah, those days man, either. You crazy know, that,
1: these days now everyone's a fitness model or yeah. some sort of a model
0: well that's correct I think like um, you, you know at the very start it was all about photography people were just putting up their photography yeah like you real know? photographers yeah like actual <laughs> real photographers and then
1: losers came and ruined it yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you see the different phases and cultures coming into yeah. Instagram yeah <laughs> um i think one of the biggest cultures that hit the trend in instagram was was fitness you know yeah Um, definitely at that time that's when it was starting to become very popular and i seen all these fitness dudes and they're posting their pictures and their their progress and their transformations yeah and then one of the guys at work pointed me out hey you could do that look look how you've come along Yeah, yeah yeah you know and um and i put up my first progress picture and that's when i like. Started getting likes and things like that. I was like, "Ah, oh, wow, you know, this is new. And um, that's when, you know, other pages took notice of that and they they kind of put my picture up on their pages as well. Yeah. You know, they had the whole, you know, shout out for shout out and things like that. Oh, yeah, and I remember those days. Remember those days. Man,
1: you know what the funny thing is? I remember back, back in those days, I was just curious and this guy had like a million followers. I was like, how much for a shout out? And he said 20 bucks now if you get all paid with a hundred with a million followers you're looking at at least a grand
0: yeah that's how that's what it's become it's a money (sighs) making industry like
1: and then i'm like man that dude 20 bucks that that's crazy man yeah I missed that opportunity there
0: well that's it yeah Um, it it, it all started small and it grows into what it is now you know that's with anything in life you know in those days there was no paid shout outs or none of that from what I remember there was was, there was you just gotta
1: hit those people they never put yo we you know yeah but you can start i was just i spoke to this guy was like from europe or something he had like four or five pages he had the real hustle or he had it all pat down and he was shutting out all these four or five pages and growing them yeah yeah and then he'd shout out people would pay for shout outs yep. on the page and how long he would leave them and he said twenty dollars to leave it on for an hour
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's what i remember it, it sort of became into as well you know when i first was starting getting my shout outs it was just you shout me out on your pick, I'll shout uh, yeah. on your page, I'll shout, you, I'll shout you out on mine. A lot of the times is I just asked. I'll go to all these different fitness pages or transformation pages and I direct message um, or show them like my picture. Yeah. Uh, my transformation picture. go, uh, You know, and you just say something like, oh, I like your page. Um, do you mind if you put me up on your page? I've got a transformation and all of them will be sure. They'll do Real it. You hustle, know? Huh? And, and I got featured on some of the bigger transformation pages. Um, they had a lot of, I had a lot of followers, yeah, and um, that's how my followers just kept sort of getting up and and growing from there, you know. Yeah, um, you know, nowadays it's like it's it's very common to lots of people to have hundreds and thousands of followers. You know, just how popular it is. You know, never got to that level, but at that time I thought, wow, wow, I'm getting some followers here. You know,
1: nah, yeah, for sure. Like yeah, um, back then, yeah, it definitely was a, a lot more. Like if you had a lot of hundred thousands, like whoa
0: it's a lot yeah
1: but um now that they they it's increased like they um they because they've also changed the algorithms and stuff now so have have you found it hard to kind of grow grow your following and
0: yeah well well i have now i mean it's always it's just been stable um for a very long time and i guess i don't uh push the followers as as i once did you know i just post what i post and you know You'll, you might get a new follower, you might lose a follower here and there, but yeah, yeah. just don't worry too much about it. But at the end of the day, it's still my calling card or my information, my progress and what I preach and post is is out there for everyone, you know, yeah. to see.
1: Yeah, well, that's why I saw like, man, like that's how I was like, yo, man, my boy Reef is doing his thing, man. It's been, you know, and um, when did you start competing?
0: So I started competing. I did my first show this year, 2017. Yeah. Um. So at, at this point. You came first, yeah. Yeah, it came first. I didn't come first in my very first show. My very first show was the Arnold Classic qualifier. Yeah. So it was a show that you had to do to get into the Arnold uh, Arnold Classic. Yeah. Um, and I didn't place. I remember getting the top five lineup, but I didn't place. I didn't come first, second, or third. Yeah. Um, and then I went on to the uh, Arnold's, and that's when I was surprised. I got um I, I got third place.
1: Yeah. What was and the difference then, from there? Preparation or?
0: I guess so. Like, I mean, it was a three weeks difference, you know, so I was ready for that first show, but in hindsight, I was probably only like 90, you know, 80, 90% ready.
1: And then the next show you had more experience. And yeah. Just the went next, in a bit harder.
0: It's it's amazing what three weeks can do, you know, just yeah, by. Yeah,
1: hell yeah, man.
0: Big, you, can, you can make some huge changes. So I actually knuckled it down. Um, I got it uh, understood my body a bit more further um and i and and i got my conditioning down pat and because of that i got um uh, third place so obviously still not like a winning position but i got a place and i was i was happy with that um being at such a big prestigious show like the Arnold Classic which was my second show um you know still within my uh, within my first show the first year um and then i went i went away with that with a lot a lot of information about how to compete and what how to does do. that
1: all that go how, how what's how does that go so you, you 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 got to shred down and all that what's the like um what's like the competition like
0: the competition's amazing it's an amazing feeling um you know when you jump on stage and things and and and, and all that
1: what what goes but, on backstage
0: so backstage really what goes on is a whole lot of waiting. Because
1: like when when I've watched videos and I see like people just like pumping themselves up at stage and just what are they doing?
0: Well, essentially what they're doing is they're getting ready to jump on stage, you know, they're pumping up so to make their muscles uh on the pump yeah to look fuller yeah to be on the pump get on the pump you know you look at your best at your pump you go to the gym you have a mad workout yeah you know you look crazy and then you think i want to look like this then you you wake up the next day next day the pump's gone you know sometimes you know an hour later the pump's gone you know (laughs) um yeah but yeah that's what we do we um we try um time everything to perfect that body for that you know few minutes that you have on stage so pumping up is a big process of it so, so I, is that
1: really do you do? Just pumping up and then just having a talk with other people and keeping your water levels at a certain point.
0: Yeah, well, well, pretty much. Amongst other things, I mean, from from the four shows that I've did this year, um, as I said, a lot of it is, is is waiting around because they require you to come in very early on mm-hmm. the day to other know register get your numbers and, and whatnot and they give you a rundown of what happens now yeah you understand like there's a lot of categories right you know from yeah. bodybuilding they have all the weight classes. you know they'll have like under 60 kilos under 70 under 80 90 100 super heavyweights, and all that yeah they'll have all the bikini classes the figure classes um the women's classes and unfortunately, difference
1: f- between like bikinis figure like what oh there's a
0: lot of a lot of differences you know um I guess what's overly popular, what you see in today's uh, bodybuilding and physique shows, is is a lot of the men's physique and the uh, bikini, you know, because I think it's more of a attainable. It's easy uh, to
1: look. get on the mainstream, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's it's much more, you know, um, you know, achievable and and it's more mainstream acceptable. You know. Yeah. It's it people accept it more than those freakish, outlandish big. Big bodybuilders, you know, bubble it's a gut. sight to see. Yeah, definitely now with the bubble guts and whatnot. The bubble bonanza. It's, uh, yeah, It's a sight to see, that's for sure. But not many people want that look. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um,
1: so, so what 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 do you compete in? What what part of body?
0: I, I compete in men's physique. Uh, when so I first started, what's men's physique? Body. So men's physique is pretty much um, you know the board the board short class. So yeah. It's 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 guys that have very aesthetic um, upper body, upper body lean. Um, very shredded, nice abs uh, You know, have that big taper They've got their wide shoulders, chest, lats And comes to a very small waist Yeah. Um, you know, that, that typical sort of beach bodied look With a bit more muscle, so yeah, to speak yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Very lean muscle um, and Do they, you prefer that or? I actually do, you know When I first started off I wanted, to, I wanted to be one of those big ass dudes I wanted to be like a gorilla I wanted to be huge But you didn't want to sacrifice the endocrine system yeah, well, <laughs> I guess I mean look, genetics genetics does does oh, play yeah, a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like you know, with my East African genetics, I was never no. able to get to those big those yeah. big sizes even that even if I you wanted.
1: supplement, like, yeah, it's not worth it. Well,
0: that's what I mean. I mean, it's it's not worth it. I mean, there's a lot of you know drugs that you can take out there to transform your body and whatnot and, and get a certain look but like the genetics if limited, is still
1: the foundation it, of what it is you know, you're just building on a foundation
0: that's that's what i see i mean you can always beat your genetics and you can always do the best for your genetics and the best of what you have yeah. you know you can only you know do with the cards that you've been given and, you, and a lot of people can can do really well with that but at the end of the day I, when it comes to physique you know it's like some people are bulls and some people are chihuahuas and yeah. you can't you can't make a chihuahua into a people yeah. you know some people are just bred that way yeah you know and you can see that from those typical guys that are you know big and muscly and strong you know and they just have their genetics they're the guys that can really excel in bodybuilding yeah it's just like
1: you can't you can't build a you can't build a big house on a small land that's correct so you gotta work 100%. with what you got
0: 100 yeah, you yeah. know that's that's a good way of putting it and um and I think that's what I uh, noticed in the early stages. You know, at that st- at the, when I first started, I was like eager, wide open and just wanted to Everyone just, wants know, like
1: to that. be, you know, the big Grammys and... Yeah. And know, that it <laughs> was Ronnie Coleman. Ronnie yeah, Coleman in this it's scene. It's like, you know? yo, this man is a super freak, yeah? He's the yeah. one in a... Well, these guys are one in the one in a lifetime yeah. genetics.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah?
1: Before you even work, it, put into effect like the work ethic and stuff like that. And that's what I always feel like. That's sort of one thing that really bothers me about bodybuilding is that people think like these big, big, gigantic dudes, you know, and they forget that like, 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 genetics is a very important part. Yeah. And if you kind of set that as your goal, I want to be like that. You kind of, you kind of selling yourself up for bad, you know, for failure because it's going to be next to impossible to look like that unless you have some awesome mad scientist. Yeah. You know? And, you know, and that's just, you're just putting your ego and your, you know, you're putting yourself, your ego and your self-esteem in a bad place once you realize that.
0: Yeah, well, you can almost set yourself up for failure for yeah. doing that, you know. There's the, uh, there's just some stuff that are, you know, outside your boundaries, you know. I'm a big believer you can almost... Can achieve anything in your life that you want to set out to achieve. At the end of the day, you're you limited to the cards that you dealt with. Yeah, everyone can make the best out of what they're dealt with. You know? I mean, you
1: can't always get a full house with every card you're given. Exactly. You know what I mean? Some people just get a do- decent cards. Yeah, and they can build a full house, and some people just gotta you know go for one of a kind or a pair or. You know, something Exactly. Like, I'm not very good at poker, as you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but
0: when it comes to bodybuilding, physique, you're right. You know, yeah. these guys are top end. You know, they've been dealt their, you know, their royal flush, so to speak, or their yeah. full house, you know. Yeah. Um, they have more room to grow and play with, you know. So the average genetics, they have to work a little harder. Don't get me wrong, they can have... Yeah,
1: but th- th- a- that's the thing. Like, that's the thing. They still have to work really hard. Of course. You know? Of course. And um, the thing is thats that... Is that you know, there's a lot of these pages or like, you can be anything you want. Like, just put in work. And yeah. it's like this big, massive dude. is like, yo, man, what if like some kids, you know, they got the, like, you know, they got some marathon runner genetics. Yeah. You're telling them they can do that, you know? And I think that there really needs to be, um, but I guess it's just like it's ads, you know, that you yeah. never really get specific in ads. And I think that there needs to be some sort of a, a clear understanding or education well, of, yeah. you know, the limitations that still exist in, you can do whatever you want, world.
0: That's correct. There's always that, you know, sort of misinterpretation or misleading information. But yeah. you're right. There needs to be a bit more information for the people that are starting out.
1: Is know, that something that you struggle with with your clients? are like, yo, I want to look like Ronnie Coleman. What, what's wrong? I've been here for six months and still don't look like Ronnie Coleman?
0: Well, you know... I haven't i haven't got no one like that so far yeah. to speak i mean or obviously around the ballpark <laughs> I've, I've, I've gotten people that were like you know i do want to get big and stuff like that um but they've all had attainable uh goals, goals you know okay, They yeah. and we were able to get very close to them if not get them you know um there's always going to be those pitfalls like you know um, it's not happening as fast as i want it to be or will i ever get there you patience know? yeah but patience is a big big virtue as they say it's a big part of it you know as i said i've been with within this game for almost 10 years and and i'm still learning to this day yeah it's all been a trial and error on my body and i'm always learning um just so the bodies
1: work differently. You can't yeah. use the same trick on everyone.
0: Well, there's no one size fits all. Everyone's yeah. different, you're right. We all have different signatures from even our walk. There's not one single same walk on the planet of the walk yeah. of the world. We all have you know amazing, different. You know? Seven
1: billion human beings, seven billion stars of walking.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Even identical twins are not identical. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's just that's how crazy, it is. Man. So you gotta you gotta cater for that as well. You gotta know how to work with people yeah. and understand that they're all different and what well, May work for one person, may not work for another person, you know. So a lot of that is working with the client as well, you know, and, and getting you know, the deep understanding of them. But once you get on a good role and you're, you're consistent and you're patient with it, things start to happen. You know? yeah. Magic starts to happen.
1: Well, um, so you've been doing classic physique. Are you doing... Not physique? classic, men's physique. Men's physique. Yeah. And... Um, so you you won a few competitions this year
0: yeah so with my second show the Arnold Classic the one I was talking about I got third place with that um then my third show which was you know about six months later um again now having a bit more information under my belt and what to do what not to do I nailed it I yeah. nailed it I nailed it to the point where I came first place um i competed in two different divisions i competed in the men's physique novice and open yeah and i took out first place in both those divisions congrats man thank you you.
1: but um did you have a squad to help you for that no
0: no no squad i mean like uh, i didn't help i didn't get the help of a coach or anything like that
1: i mean some people just they train with somebody who's a bit more experienced and they give you the the tools that you need and you know they give you know
0: which is a smart thing to do and which is what a lot of people do as well yeah. you know to get to their best you know even elite athletes and you know sports players and things like that yeah. all have the help of their There's coaches no self made that success that's right you always need the help of others you know but with everything um, that I went through has always has all been a trial and error on my body and I wanted yeah. to continue that trend you know so I wanted to do it by myself and oh, I, I felt cool. like one of the big reasons why I wanted to compete was I had people coming up to be in the gym that wanted to compete themselves they yeah. knew that i had information on nutrition and dieting and how to get to lean levels mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff
1: so you kind of had to get in the trenches see what it's like before you can teach i had to i had I like to. That, i
0: didn't feel comfortable Telling you know training what to people do. to do if i've never done it myself yeah i like that you know and that's not nah, that's a big smart part. man it was it was a big part of my evolution in my career like if i was gonna train people how to compete i gotta know how to do it myself yeah and so that's what I did, and and I didn't get the help of a coach. I did it by myself. I researched it, I learnt it, and I experimented on my body. And I did it with four different shows um, this year. And as a result, I was able to train clients um, under those conditions and able to get them to place as well. You know,
1: oh, so, nice, nice. So, I man, that's that's really good. That you know, because there's a lot of wannabes or self-proclaimed of coaches who coach people how to coach.
0: <laughs> yes, there is a lot, of that, a lot <laughs> well,
1: no, of that. Out there, they've never really been in the trenches by themselves, you know. Yeah, and um, I, I really respect the fact that you, you know, you got in there, you got in the trenches, and then you were able to provide value, and you know, that's 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 man, that takes a lot of self awareness, and it, it shows that you really care about your craft.
0: Oh, I do. As I said, I mean, this is uh, this is a passion for me, you know. So everything I do, I do it with, you know, through with with my heart. You know, I love it
1: so what's the mountaintop for you now
0: the mountaintop well there is no mountaintop it's as, as Just, the sky's limited, as it's they say you the process. Know? it's going through the process you know is um, there
1: anything that you're chasing
0: um well now that i first started competing um i really caught that bug how i first caught that bug with weightlifting, i sort of caught, caught it with yeah. uh with um with competing and i want more of it i want more action um <laughs> I said, like I've completed my year this year, I've did my four shows. I've, I'm the current Victorian IFEB men's physique state champion, yeah. And and I want more than that, you know. So, obviously, we've got the Arnold Classic next year, that's happening that? in March, so that's here in Melbourne, yeah. Uh, the Melbourne and exhibition. Competing? and I will definitely compete for that. Being the Vic state champion, I automatically qualify for that show. Um, now that show is a pro qualifier, so if you do win that, you, you, get, your you get your pro card, you know. Then you um, go from there. Or well, from there, if I get my pro card, I can um, compete at the international level. I compete with the pro athletes. Um, you can get no, prize that's... money, more recognition, and all that sort of stuff. You know, so it's more the elite level. You know, so yeah, anything that you do, you 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 aim to or you aspire to do at the elite level. Yeah. Um. So that's something that I do want to aspire to do at the at the competition level. Since you know I'm, I'm into it now. You know. I, yeah. I first started started doing it just to to sort of gain that knowledge so that I can create uh, further my career as a personal trainer and as a coach. And also just to have uh, a tick on the checkbox for that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I did that, but I want more of it. I'm not satisfied. So, and that's with everything that I do, you know, with my whole career and passionate fitness as a whole, you know, I want to tick everything off, you know, I want to gain as much knowledge experience as much as I can and get the best in everything at the elite level as much as I can. So in terms of, you you, know, the, there is no real mountaintop the sky's the limit you know i want to f- get the best out of just every keep aspect going for, yeah. So yeah just keep
1: keep pushing and keep hustling until exactly you get, yeah exactly. no that's 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 all i i used to doing um i used to do, you're going to be doing that and still running your business yeah yeah
0: 100 percent. you know so that has its own um issues and hurdles you know obviously doing comp prep um and competing
1: and know, then you're trying your, to
0: help other people, help others. It, it's very hard, you know. But what is that?
1: What is it like psychologically?
0: So, psychologically, it's very draining, right? Yeah. Um, when you systematically deplete your body or starve your body, or you know, go through the process of eating uh, very low calories and um, under eating and restricting certain foods and overworking, yeah. overtraining, um, mentally and physically, that takes a big toll on your body. You know, it takes a toll to the to the point where you don't want to deal with people. Yeah. You know, your attitude changes, your personality changes. <laughs> I ain't got
1: no time for this shit.
0: You know, exactly. <laughs> you know, th- as that ad goes, you're not yourself until you have the Snickers. You know? Yeah, man. That's how it is. You get very cracky if you don't eat and you're still working, you know. Um, have
1: you kind of found a way to navigate through that? Or are you still fine? I'm still learning. You know? I'm
0: still going through it, you know. And I guess everyone that goes through that, you know, we'll probably have their own little ways, but once it hits it hits you, you know, it's human nature. When you get irritable, when you get to those levels, it's hard to fight those emotions, but you just got to realize that it's happening to you and then, you know, um, take the best course of action from there, you know. Um, but when I get to my last stages of my prep, I will usually cut down my clients because it, it does become a bit hard to sort of, you know, do that, deal with them yeah, um, and deal with my issues of competing at the same time. So, usually within the last week or two of prep,
1: you just slow um, down your client down for my just... clients.
0: My last week of prep, which is the depletion week, probably the hardest week of them all. Yeah, I won't work. Um, but you know, weeks before that, I kind of cut them down a bit slowly and go from there, ease into it. Um, and then once the show's over, it's back to back business to as business. usual, you know.
1: Oh man, man, I think it, what about um, so looking back at your life up to now, yeah. what are some big lessons that you've learned that you would want to share with your younger self and you'd want your younger self to know or to be told?
0: I think, look, life as a whole is one big learning experience. You know, you're always going to have your ups and your downs. Uh, You know, your night and day, your good and your bad. As we said, there's that balance, you know? Yeah. And it's all about perception and how you take it, you know? So you can take, you know, the good from everything, you know you really can so everything that i went through in in my bads my ups and downs i've taken it into some sort of good and and i've put it into reality you know so um the mind is a powerful thing is is what i've learned you know so if there's something that you want to achieve or something that you want to get or you put your mind to you can do it you can do it And, and that's whatever situation is whatever your cards have been dealt there's always a way, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what I've learned, you know? Um, I feel like it's all one big learning experience. Take the best out of everything, you know, with the cards that you dealt and find what you love. Find what you love. Find your passion and you will find happiness. You'll find happiness with that.
1: What about um business-wise?
0: Business-wise, I never came into this business, you know, trying to make a million dollars or make a lot of money, you know. Yeah. Um, you just want to do I, something you love doing. I just want to do something that you love doing. And, and did um, give you back fat. Yeah, that didn't give you back fat. I don't know who <laughs> said it, so don't <laughs> quote me, but like, um, you know, if you do something that you love, don't worry about the money, the money will follow, Yeah. you know, um, it will pay off in the end. And that's what I did. I came to that mind. I put an investment in my body in myself, um, my personal training as a business yeah and and it's paid off you know i'm able to support myself full-time as a personal trainer yeah work exclusively with my clients and i love what i do i wouldn't change uh, anything about it you know yeah Um, it's such a rewarding career for myself and i'm so grateful and happy that i've you know turned my passion my hobby into a paycheck yeah um and i can only see more great things out of that you know so as far as business i think a lot of people uh you know again look it comes down to perception but you know a lot of people are out there trying to hustle and and ch- chase that paper chase that money you know yeah. i like to say is the opposite chase mm-hmm. your dreams you know yeah, yeah, chase definitely. your passion chase what ch- chase what you love yeah. and the money will follow
1: Ah oh, man i think yo i think we can finish on that that's that's awesome. a high man awesome all right man reef Man, your name, uh, your name's very like reef is just so sticky. Like, do you it find is. it hard for people to actually say your real name because
0: they, reef is just yeah it sticks like glue? It's stuck. It's stuck. It's like permanent now. And then when I tell people my real name, they're like, "Nah, that's not your real name. It's just you know they used to reef, you know." So that's 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 what it's become.
1: Ah, uh, well, um, no, nah, I I really I really like to thank you for this for taking your time and yo, the value provided here was crazy, man, and my pleasure. Yo, keep hustling in your journey and and that's it thank we you will. very
0: much thank you pleasure to be here no thanks for
1: listening to the learn the hustle podcast i hope you enjoyed it and you took something away from it please like follow and subscribe wherever you've been listening a five-star rating would be awesome but if i sucked please let me know in the comment section or dm me or hit me up and let me know what i can improve on it and what i can do to get better thank you very much and keep hustling
2: Every day I'm, every day